This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about the Toronto Raptors trade. The Raptors pick up Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. The San Antonio Spurs get to Marta Rosen, Jakob Perto, and a protected 2019 first-round draft pick from the Raptors. It is going to be an exciting, fun episode. We can't wait for you guys to stick around. We're talking about both sides and what it means. We're talking about the players, everything thing that's involved in this trade but before we jump into that we do have some housekeeping that we got to you know throw out to you guys first check out patreon.com slash most of podcast you want to be on a podcast you definitely want to check that out you get your own segment each and every month so it's a fun perk if you want to check it out we're gonna have our boy z mm-hmm. on on friday when i'm not here ricky and dave will be holding down the fort also if you can't give you know money monetarily check out itunes You can rate us five stars. It's free. It's easy. You can tell us what you love about the podcast. We'd greatly appreciate your support there. And finally, check out mostvalopodcast.com. We have merch up there, and you can find every single thing that we post every single day. It is the easiest way to find out what's going on on the side of MVP. But, boys, let's jump into it. We laid out the trade already. Toronto gets Kawhi and Danny Green. San Antonio gets DeMar Iacoperto and a pick. What are your First off, just your, your your baseline thoughts on this trade, Ricky Whitmer. You know, my first thoughts on it were, wow, this could be the first trade that we talk about where fans are excited for it, but both the players hate that it happened. Like, DeMar DeRozan, before he even went down the night before, was, like, posting on his IG story that, hey, you know what, like, there's no loyalty and mm-hmm. more to come, and it's like, I don't even know if Kawhi likes this, because... Who wants to go to Toronto? No disrespect to Raptor fans, but nice. it's like this is a no guy. No disrespect, but I'm going to well, take no, no. a huge This is a guy that said, "I want to play. I want to play in L.A." Then he said, "Oh, I want to play for the Lakers." You're not either one of those two yes, things. But you just said, "Who wants to go to Toronto?" I'm bashing what well, you said. I mean, there's more than that. There's there's the fact that like the taxes are higher in Toronto. That's one thing. There's the fact that Toronto never pulls in free agents. So mm-hmm. I don't think Kawhi likes this. I don't think Demar Derozan likes this but there's fans on both sides that love it i'm gonna i'm before you jump in dave i'm gonna say i don't know if every fan loves it because yes the raptors got got Kawhi, but i I think the majority of toronto fans are upset that their boy demar derosen did get traded Mm -hmm. and get moved because he's been so loyal to that franchise when people haven't been loyal when free agents haven't come demar has stayed he had the opportunity to leave and still stuck around even took a discount for 14 million dollars uh when his, his contract was up uh, took 14 less than the max. But Dave, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is honestly one of the better trades that could have happened for the uh, Raptors because they get back a they, they upgrade. They go from star to superstar. If Kawhi Leonard does actually play, we assume he probably will. Uh, it's just a question of you know how much will there be like drama to get over in order to get him actually on the court. But honestly, I think that they got away with a really great deal because. They end up with the best player and probably now the second best player in the East until we confirm he's healthy behind Giannis. But like, they end up with him. What would you put Kawhi I behind Giannis? No, I'd until they prove healthy. I would put him if he's above healthy. Giannis. Then yeah, he's above him. I thought you said second. My I bad. said second until he proves he's healthy. Oh, okay. All That's right. all. Just making sure. I'm just making sure the man can. Just like, he looks sure. good, but like I just we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but they end up with that, which means that either. They don't have to worry about, you know, their future because they've got Kawhi. If they convince him to stay, a la PG, or if he leaves, they've 
pretty much they've got one year and a bunch of expiring contracts to get rid of, and they're back in rebuild mode. The biggest thing is they kept their young talent. Like, yes, they lost Yakupurdo, but they kept OG, they kept Pascal. Like, there is so much to love about what they pulled here. Worst case scenario, they're still ahead of the curve. You know what's mm-hmm. the most confusing thing about this? Hmm. The draft pick. It's protected top 20. It is And if it doesn't convey this year, like let's say Kawhi doesn't play and the Raptors are terrible. Some miracle. It's two second round picks next year. So it's like, I saw that and I was like for the Spurs and I'm like, what are you doing? There's 0% chance you get a top 20 pick. Like this could, I expect it to be mm-hmm. a first rounder this year. And the Spurs are probably like, we'll get whatever we want later in the draft. Cause that's where usually where we are anyways. But I looked at that and went, really for Kawhi? Well, here's the thing is, again, you mentioned it, Dave mentioned it, it's not Kawhi, it's Kawhi for a year. And mm-hmm. it's, is it healthy Kawhi? Is it Kawhi that wants to be here? Is it Kawhi that's going to give 100%? Is it a Kawhi that's going to come here, give 100%, and then just leave us the next year? There is no certainty in Kawhi Leonard. The f- first you know, reports that right after Shams broke the news that this trade was close, it was imminent, uh, I think was, was his words, or at mm-hmm. least very close, um, the, the next report came out from Chris Hayes from ESPN, saying that Kawhi does not want to go to Toronto. And now I think Woj is saying that he's open to the idea, but right now it doesn't even seem like uh, Kawhi wants to go and play in Toronto, even though he was traded. I understand that he still has to go and play Mm -hmm. and fulfill his contract duties, but there still might be the point where he gets to a physical. And we saw this with uh, IT last year in that trade, where they, you know, Cleveland still accepted the trade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boston still had to add on a couple more picks, and it was a second-round pick uh, to make sure that went through. But that might be the baseline where the Spurs are like, we just want him out of town. We want him gone because he's not going to play for us. He's going to be a you know a, lo- a, can- a locker in the- a cancer in the locker room, and he's just not going to at least contribute to our team. So I think that's why we see so little, at least when it comes to draft picks and future players. For Kawhi is because there is no certainty that he is going to even be playing for the Spurs or even for the Raptors this year. I love this for the Raptors, mainly because of what Dave said with you keep your young talent. If you suck this year and you get a top 20 pick, you get to keep that. You know what I'm starting to think, though, with the Raptors? Like, you're bringing up, oh, what if he plays? What if he doesn't? I'm putting my money. He's not in a Raptor uniform after the trade deadline. Like, I am looking at this going, the Raptors could have put themselves in the position of, yeah, it don't matter. We're not trying to go the Thunder way. We're looking to rebuild this team. All right, L.A., they didn't want to trade Kawhi Leonard to you, but we'll trade him to you. What pieces do you want to give us? All right, Clippers, Mm -hmm. what pieces do you want to give us? But I I think with that is, again, that's going to have to take a lot of falls. Yeah, if Kawhi's out there there and playing and Mm -hmm. and he's healthy and he's contributing to this Toronto team, they're not going to fall out of the top three in the the East. I mean, they were the number one seed in the East last year, and they just got better from a talent's you know, standpoint. So mm-hmm. there's no way that I feel like if they're competing in the playoffs that Kawhi is getting traded. I know that was thrown out there. If he's if he's not healthy, I understand what you're saying. If mm-hmm. he's not healthy, he's not playing. He is very staunch in the fact that he is not going to be in a Toronto Raptor uniform. Then yes, they might trade him and then be able to get those pieces that would help their rebuild. Because I would the even they got say if of, he plays, there's a chance he could get traded too. Okay. Only because no, because if the, this was a move for the mm-hmm. playoffs, looks let's look yeah. at the move. They traded Demar Derozan so for one, Kawhi Leonard. So it's a one year kind of trade for them. Yes. They've gotten consistently bounced by mm-hmm. LeBron James. 
each and every year for the past three years out of the playoffs. They have not had the ability to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and when they were, they got rolled by the Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. So what they were trying to do is upgrade their talent to make sure they get to the Finals. It's been, what, since 1995 this has been a franchise, and they have not gotten to the NBA Finals. I don't think they'll be able to win the Finals, but hey, we never know when you get to the Finals, anything can happen. It's a seven-game series. Maybe you bring an NBA Finals to Toronto, because if they're thinking about a rebuild after Kawhi leaves, then obviously they don't think there's much left in this team and in this tank. So you're getting at least the talent upgrade in Kawhi Leonard and be able to push for that NBA Finals because right now this window is closing. So I I think no matter what by the trade deadline, unless this team is absolutely horrible and Kawhi is still healthy and he's the only bright spot on this team, that's the only way he gets moved after the deadline because this is still an upgrade. When you take out, you know, at least the uh, contract, you take out the legacy, everything Mm -hmm. that's involved with, you know, the the fandom uh, for Toronto, this is a clear win for the Raptors because you upgraded Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and DeMar DeRozan. You got a player that has playoff experience in Danny Green. It's just going to help the way that your franchise is going in three point. It's one of, uh, three point one of the molds of like a three and D mm-hmm. uh, two. It's perfect for them. And his defensive ability. I mean, this is again uh, an upgrade to their team. And right now, it's just clear what their goal is. It's to win an NBA title. And yes, some people might bring up the fact that Nick Nurse is a one year, first year head coach, but we've seen first year head coaches come into this league very recently and have success right away. So it's not crazy that this team that was. 57 wins last year can come back to the playoffs and go to the NBA Finals. Um, Dave, one thing that I want to bring up is is you know kind of along this mindset of mm-hmm. how good will this team be if Kawhi is on the floor? Yeah. Because again, if we take out contracts or if, you know this might be the only year Kawhi is in Toronto, if we take out the legacy of Demar Derozan being the guy that you know was probably the lifer for Toronto mm-hmm. for, for Toronto finally being moved. What do you think this does for the Toronto's uh, at least personnel and their ability to win in the East this year? No, it, it puts it to the roof. Like they're they were at what 59, 57 wins last year. They're a sixty plus win team now. Like they just flat out upgraded the team. Yes, Demar Derozan was very good. Kawhi's better by a considerable amount. Kawhi's a great two way player. Kawhi's a better shooter. Like there's there's not one thing that would have put DeMar DeRozan over the top versus Kawhi Leonard. Well, That's why they made that move. And not just great. Some would say he might be the t- best two-way well, player he, in yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah he, When healthy, he could be the best two-way player in the mm-hmm. game. And that's that's one of the biggest things. And then, like you said earlier, emphasizing Danny Green, yes, he's, he's a step older, but at the same time, he was still a good defender, a quality shooter from the outside. It's exactly what they need. It fills in the, that kind of um, Eastern Conference vibe of, we need to be able to compete with the Celtics because that is the new standard at the top of the East. And it's funny because at the top of the East, you know, the Raptors were the better team last year. Even mm-hmm. when Kyrie was healthy, they were still a better team. But obviously with Gordon Hayward, another year of um, experience under you know, like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those kind of guys. Belt. Like I think that team is expected. We're all expecting that to be one. But there's no reason this Raptors team can't be right there with them, especially in the regular season. If you get Kawhi off the bat, we could see two 60-win teams in the East. If this Raptors team is healthy, that's including Kawhi, including Lowry, who has his own you know battles with health as well. Yeah. Um, Abaka's had injuries throughout his career as yep. well. If this team is healthy, this is for sure a top-two team in the East yes. because that's also dependent on Boston's health as well. Mm-hmm. But this team is is by far ahead uh, uh, of Philadelphia. It's ahead of Indiana because, again, you have Kawhi Leonard, who is, when healthy, a top-five player, maybe even a top-three player in this league. You have a guy with playoff experience in Danny Green. And, again, this team won 59 games last year, and they were able yeah. to at least show— you, you got it right. You said 57-59. You're in the yeah. ballpark. I thought so. Uh, I mean, this, this was a team that still was able to win big games. I mean, they stopped that long streak by the 
the Rockets. They were the one that ended it in the sixth. They went up against Boston and got wins. They went up against Cleveland and got wins. This team can beat good teams, but they just started to slow down at the worst time possible. DeMar DeRozan shut down the playoffs in that that four-game series against Cleveland. It was a wrong wrong place, wrong time situation. They met the the meteorite. They met the meteorite mm -hmm. LeBron James. I mean, to be fair, if... Look, we all love what DeMar DeRozan was to Toronto, mm-hmm. and you can give as much hometown love for him staying there, taking the friendly deal, doing all of this. But if you look back after that Eastern Conference loss to the Cavs, nothing but how many years are we going to come in with the same two guys leading our roster and lose to the Cavs every single well, time? DeMar DeRozan literally got benched in a game, and then the next game got ejected. Like, mm-hmm. he was a net negative, and in the playoffs, he's always been a net negative. And I know that's ridiculous to say, and but if you was look at the, it, that was one of the you just have to see as, like, a fan from the Raptors, like, yes, take the emotion out of it. You're upgrading. Just, just take the emotion out. That's all you have to do. Well, that was one of the puzzling things to me is I, when I saw this trade, was like, wait, why did you trade DeMar? And after, like, looking into it, it's like, oh, they wanted his money off the books. Obviously... But like for me, I mean, his, for the player that he is, no, it's, it's, it's not that. It's not that. It's, it's they the just value. wanted that. Like his contract is off the books to where they can free up money. If Kawhi walks at the end of the year, we're freeing up contract money to do whatever we want with it. But when I look at this trade, to me, regular season wise, it doesn't move the needle for me whatsoever because I had the Celtics Raptors one two before this trade. So, okay. like, Celtics are one, Raptors are two, Kawhi Leonard's are all right. It's the same thing. The only thing this thing changes for me is right now, this could change when we get to our predictions, but right now before the trade, I had Celtics-Raptors, Celtics over the Raptors. Well, with Kawhi, maybe that changes. I would still put my money on the Celtics, but Kawhi could be something to change Playoff that and Kawhi, maybe get them to the finals. Yeah, And we, we've talked a lot about the Raptors, and people are probably mm-hmm. thinking, well, we think that the Raptors won this trade. Again, I said without legacy and without, without contracts, the, the Raptors won. But we still have to take in every other aspect. Yeah. I think the Raptors were honestly dumb in trading trading DeMar DeRozan because there is not a guarantee that Kawhi Leonard ever puts on a Toronto Raptors jersey, let alone is there after this year. And Mm -hmm. and now you're giving up the guy that was the face of the franchise, a guy that apparently you told during the Summer League that you weren't going to trade. You got rid of him. uh, You traded him after giving him that promise. He took a pay cut to stay with your team. He was a guy that was extremely loyal throughout his career. He had the ability to go back to his hometown in Los Angeles when he was a free agent and took that discount to stay with you. He has been with that team since they drafted him in 2009. He has grown as a player and he has been absolutely nothing but fantastic for that community and for that team. So then you go out and you trade him and he was going to stick for as long as he possibly could. As long as he had the ability to play basketball, he was going to be on the Toronto Raptors. And this wasn't a guy that has dealt with major injuries mm-hmm. before. So it felt like he was going to be a guy that could be there until he was 38 and still be a guy that was at least you know, uh, a positive for your team. So he wasn't going to be a guy that was uh, a drastic hurt to your team. He was worth that contract money because, again, he has the face of the franchise pretty much. He deserves a and statue he's continually in improved. So that's a guy that you're getting rid of for a guy that might be gone next year, a guy that really hasn't shown that loyalty because I understand, you know, some people are saying that he was disrespected, Kawhi Leonard was disrespected by the San Antonio Spurs, you know, front office, players, and coaches. <laughs> 
I don't really buy into that because I don't think we have the full story where DeMar has been loyal to your franchise and you go and turn the cold shorter. Let shoulder. me just say this a couple times then for you. The NBA is a business. The NBA is <laughs> no, a business. And I'm, the NBA is a business. Again, the I'm, players I'm, know that. Like, they know that, though. I'm not, I'm not saying that they, they, I'm, they, again, I think it's a bad business move as well. That's what I'm saying. It's not that it's, it's again, dishonesty. Do I think, it's, that, I think, it's, do I think, I think it's front scummy. office executives should go around and tell players, like people in the front office should not tell players, we're not going to trade you, you're protected, you're forever, but, and no. turn here, around and do that. But no, here's, but Dave, they I should get. treat them like Steve Kerr did, where it's basically like Steve Kerr would be, when he was in the front office, it's basically, hey, you know what? We like having you here. We hope you're a part of the future. But what we're going to do is whatever move comes along to make this team better, that's what we're going to okay, do. And if the, it means you're shipped out, that's just what's going to be. We're going to hope you're part of the future, but, but don't here's let the reality. That they didn't do connected. that. They told yeah. them we're not trading you See, about they, a week ago. They didn't, And then though. they went and traded See, no, but we don't know. No, no, we don't know for sure. Here's the thing. Respected, we don't know for respected sure. NBA, wait, wait, no, wait, no, wait. Respected reporter David Aldridge just came mm-hmm. out and said not not long ago that DeMar DeRozan told him that the Raptors said that they were not DeMar going to trade DeRozan him. So I will take him at his word. That's the thing, though. We don't know. Why would we know? We don't know if the— Why are you calling DeMar DeRozan a liar? I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying. Exactly. We don't know if was the exact verbiage, we're not going to trade you, or was the exact verbiage, we see you as part of the future. Those are two different statements. One is an absolute. The other is, yeah, you're a part of the future. Just like I was saying with Steve Kerr. Yeah, we hope you're a part of the future, but whatever to make this team better in the long run for us, we're going to make that move. Then let me phrase my argument differently. If they said, we are not Mm -hmm. going to trade you, then then you went and said to your franchise, to to the guy that has been loyal to your franchise, fuck off. Exactly. That is what they told him. But we don't know what they said Let me say that, I know, that's why I said, if they told him to trade him, listen, if yeah. they said we are not going to trade you, then they told him to fuck to you know to fuck off, and that's a f you to your fan base. That's an f you to any free agents that are come going you know, to come by and, and sign with you. That's an f you to any other you know, rookie that's on their deal that wants to re-sign with Toronto. That you're expendable at any point, and I get it. The NBA is a business, but I think it's a bad business move because you can create a legend in Demar Derozan, the guy that stuck around, the guy that was there for multiple years, the guy that never left. Never took off the Toronto jersey. The guy that was loyal to Toronto for his whole career, and you told him to get out. And I think that's a bad sign to your 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 fans. I think it's a bad sign to any free agents. It's a bad sign to rookies. It's a bad guy who treated your franchise with a ton of respect in DeMar DeRozan. If that it guy did was happen, great in the community. He was great on the floor, and he consistently was there for Toronto. And they told him to fuck off. If that did happen for sure, you're exactly right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. And I think it's a bad business move, especially for the guy that you're trading. Four in Kawhi Leonard, who is not a guarantee to be there next year. If it Who's gets already you, had problems. If it yeah. gets you an NBA Finals, then great. It was worth it. If it gets you to the NBA Finals, then it, it. it was probably still worth it. Yeah. But if you lose in the first round, second round, or Eastern Conference Finals, Masai Uri might be... He might be deserving mm. of getting his head called for in Toronto because you just traded the golden boy in Demar Derozan for a guy who's gone. I disagree, and, and, and with no, with with no nothing to show for it, just another playoff loss. I mean, I I disagree on the calling for Yuri's head at that point. I mean, if they lose in the first round, I think it looks maybe, extremely bad. If they lose in the first round, maybe it looks bad, but I think he's got enough goodwill. Look, Demar Derozan, if he was as good as you know you're building him up to be, actually, off you know on the court like mm-hmm. he is off the court. Then sure, 
but he wasn't. He was a great off-the-court person. He's great representative for the city. What you would want as, like, an NBA person, like, that's our kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He does everything right. He's not causing drama. He's not causing trouble. He's out there being a positive for the community. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's not a great metric player. Correct. Uh, I'll he, get into that a little bit. Yeah, we'll get down that round in a second. I, I got but the like, stats. What what I'm going to is that I think that because of the last two two and a half years, what we're going to see in the next CBA is a highly contested thing over no trade clause. I think that players, mm-hmm. franchise players specifically, when we start seeing these rookie extensions, mm-hmm. we might see the argument for that you know set that first extension needs to be a no trade clause people are going to start fighting for no trade clauses more and more because players want to have that you know reassurance that like if you're going to sign me to a deal that's that's more than like a one year deal then i should feel you know like i should feel comfortable here i should feel comfortable my life being in this place for the future. And this is where I want to jump in. We'll take a little bit of, break, uh, of a break from the trade exactly yeah, and just yeah. into the NBA as a general since you brought that up, Dave. Um, and our boy Trent on uh, Twitter, he he wanted us to give our thoughts, and I thought it was a good enough you know topic to yeah. at least bring onto this podcast. And he said, this potential trade, and according to the, you know, the Raptors and Spurs one, is exactly why players have the right to leave. Your team does not care about you. You're an asset, and that is all. If you want to leave... Your team, or if you want to leave your team, then leave. Uh, the NBA does not need to get rid of, or the NBA needs to get rid of RFA and team options. Give the player the power to control his path. Keep the supermax and bird rights. Obviously, team that drafted should have an increased chance of getting the player, but shouldn't be a hostage. Also, players should not have, uh, should have a no trade clause. Uh, if they don't want to go to a specific place, uh, they can't make them. The employer pay employee, not own. Uh, this is just very brief, just to fit them into, into, yeah. into you know, 24, 240 characters. Uh, players, employees of the owners of front office they work for, they deserve the basis rights of all U.S. employees get. But because they make it playing a sport uh, and they make a bunch of money, there is a narrative that they have it too good so they don't need uh, other employees' rights. So pretty much mm. you just need to at least have the players to give them enough leverage that the owners do, where the players have enough control over where they play like the owners do, and they're not controlled by the owners and, and kind of just being made uh, a part of an organization, don't have the ability to break free from that organization. I think the narrative, uh, at least in, you know, throughout NBA Twitter and, and just with fans, I think we're getting away from the whole KD is a snake thing mm-hmm. because, you know, I think some people like it just for the joke, but, you know, KD isn't really seen as a snake anymore because, again, he was a player, he thought he had a better opportunity, and obviously he's won two NBA finals now and two, two championships well, as mean, well. He's an opportunity of look at exactly what happened to him. He gets drafted by the Supersonics. We're going to stay in Seattle, what, like a few months later? Oh, we're in OKC. Then in OKC, we're going to win championships. We got you, we got Russ, we got Harden, and we didn't sign Harden. Where did he go? All right, it's me and Russ. Like, everything with that organization, too, they probably didn't treat KD the best that mm, they could have. No, I'm not saying Presty, but I'm just saying, like, the ownership. I don't know about that. But uh, but I understand where you're mm-hmm. coming from. And, again, it, it just pretty much the idea of players aren't really snakes for yeah. leaving. And, and if it's a business, it should go both ways. That, mm-hmm. you know, owners should be seen as a-holes, too, if they're getting rid of these players that devote so much time. So what are your thoughts, at least, on the no-trade clause, the RFA being abolished or, or anything like that? Do you think that is too drastic? Do you think that's maybe where the NBA should be going, where the players should have more leverage when it comes to these situations? Well, like I said in the tweet that I put in, I kind of disagree with the RFA and the um, team what was the team option one, because especially for the team option, because like in a contract situation like the Bulls just did with Jabari Parker, 
that's a smart decision for a team where, hey, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to commit to you long term if you're coming off of two ACL injuries. I'm going to do and kind of work a contract with you where the first year is a year of your contract, and then the second one is if you're healthy, all right, we'll give you that year. Plus, for rookies, it kind of gives them the option for if the rookie's a bust, I can get out of it after a couple years. I'm not stuck with this kid for five years. But if you're a really good player, which most of the high ones are, all right, I get you for the five years, and I can use those last two years as options. The RFA one's interesting because it's like Zach Levine, for example. Mm -hmm. He sides with Sacramento. What if he really wanted to go to Sacramento? However, I kind of look at it as... If you get an offer sheet from another team and your team matches it, you're still getting that same money. So to me, it's kind of like a whatever, this team drafted you, they should have protections over you to not lose you after those few years. But another team had to force their hand in order for you to get exactly. paid what you were deserving of. And that's that's the kind of thing where it runs well, into... owners aren't just going to throw away money, and, that, and that's the business well, part of it. comes back down to... Some have. Some have, but most of <laughs> the, the smart ones are going to be like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to overpay for injured players. Yeah, no, I think I think it... It's a valuable question to ask, and I think it's these are all like he is right on the pulse as far as what's going to be brought during the next CBA. Like these are all things that players want to do. The last CBA was all about extending players' uh, contracts, making sure that they could continue to earn later in their careers mm-hmm. as players CP3. continue to be more productive later in their careers. Like I think that was warranted. Next one up, we're going to see that, and that's the thing I want to see is the the CBA right now is pretty much run by a bunch of very veteran players. I'd like to see some of these younger guys get involved. To start making these cases because they're the ones who are suffering. Like you said, basically you're under you're you're basically held to a single team for the first seven years of your you know NBA mm-hmm. life unless they decide you know. otherwise. Well, I think even then, I mean, I think rookie deals for like a first round draft pick is five years with with a team option yeah. as well. So I mean, we look at the Jokic one; they had him for four years and then they got rid of the team option okay. so they could sign him to a long term deal. Now that got rid of his UFA rights or his RFA rights, but right. it also kept him on. They were able to re-sign him. So, Meanwhile, Ja, they just were like, nah, we're going to lop those both years off and not mm-hmm. deal with this problem. Exactly. So there, there is flexibility, but again, those players really don't have a say in right. what they are do- doing for the first, you know, let's say, seven years yeah. of their career. The one thing that I think is going to go to, and I think it's going to be really on the agents rather than it is the players, that they really need to be able to let these players know that, again, this is a business. If you want to stay here, even even though they have that promise, like you brought up, Ricky, at mm-hmm. least you know with summer league, if you know the phrasing could be always change around. If the yeah. Raptors said we want you to be a part of our future, mm-hmm. or you're going, we we see you as a part of our future, um, that is obviously could be misstrewed as mm-hmm. you know, oh, they're not going to trade me. I think that needs to be you know made sh- clear to players by their agents, and I think that also needs to be made clear. And I think I said this in the tweet was that maybe these players again, and it's it's kind of difficult to say this to players that you might need to take less money to get more incentives, as mm-hmm. in a full no-trade clause, as in a player option, or you know, not, a, not a team option. Because, again, does Mike Conley need to be making $152 million a year? No, but he's getting the max deal, mm-hmm. same as LeBron James. Not a year. So, so, well, again, I'm just saying, yeah. like, max deal for these players, again, well, like, you can get... <laughs> you said $152 million a year, and that, that, that oh, was a little concerning. Oh, my bad. $152, <laughs> uh, $152 million over uh, five years. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But, again, we see these guys that we're like, why are these guys getting max deals? We've consistently asked that question before, and we see players like Jimmy Butler and Zach Levine. I think they're going to be making the same amount of money this year, both 20 mil. Obviously, you know, different times that was signed, but, again... 
the money it doesn't really add up to the talent. It's just how much cap room do, do these teams have. Mm-hmm. Where maybe these players should be looking into the incentives. You can't trade me to you know fifteen you know these fifteen teams. A partial and I'll take no trade you know, a little bit yeah less money. That'd be or you know I want a player option rather than you having a team option in my fifth year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that should be what these players should be fighting for because again. Some of these guys don't need as much money as they have. Again, try to make the max money that you possibly can, but it also can show value of a true player like LeBron James. If he wants to sign somewhere, he can get that player option and then also the no-trade clause and also get the max amount of money, where if a guy like, I'll just use Mike Conley again, gets that five years, Mm -hmm. but, you know, takes again, you know, maybe five million off his max, to get that no trade cost because he wants to stay in Memphis. I'm just using Mike Conley as an example. It's going to be interesting to see what's in the next CBA because there's going to have to be a little give and a little take, where if you're going to fight for all of these incentives that you're talking about, it's going to come up to the question of, all right, what's more important, the money that you fought for last time, which is why everyone else in other sports are like, oh, my God, I wish I was making that money, or is it these incentives that you're talking about? If they give on the incentives, you might have to give a little bit away, which might be these contracts that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I want to agree with you, but like it's going to be weird because I don't think that their players aren't going to give back money. It might not be as much of a jump as far as the salary cap is concerned in futures because right now you know how it, it was like one big year and then it's like nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. and then another step up. We might see a longer wait and more percentage towards the ownership because, again, it's just that constant sway of like how much money is going to each side of the things here. Because the owners aren't going to say, here, you have all the power. Yeah, no, that's not the thing. Yeah. And the NBA is exploding in popularity, exploding in earnings, and everything about it is the players feel like they, this is the most player-driven league in, in sports. Mm-hmm. So they're getting more and more power from the owners. It's the total opposite of what like baseball is. And I, that's why I think we might not see more yeah. flexibility in the contracts. I think we still might see RFAs because, again, they still want mm-hmm. their small markets to thrive. Right. And that's what the RFA helps the most is, 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 is are those small markets. So I think we're not really going to see those change. That's why I at least bring up the idea, if nothing changes in the next CBA, at least when it comes to RFAs, team options, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I might, you might see players taking less money to get those incentives if they do want to stay in a place, like you know, getting a no-trade clause. So they, Unless you know, these one-and-ones start becoming the norm, which I don't know how I feel about that. Like LeBron? Yeah. Do you think do you think it would be ever weird if like this the, the NBA got so unstable where the average contract was a one and one? I mean, we, we I don't hate it. the big contracts we saw this year were multi-year deals. I mean, LeBron was four years. Yeah, and we, but, we saw a lot of deals that were long term, and the the ones that were like iffy were like the ones that had a lot of let's, caveats to them, like De, Demarcus Cousins getting a you know mid level exception. Let's be honest. Because LeBron only signed four years because he was actually. Like Magic Johnson, he was actually okay saying, hey, I'm going to commit to you. Whereas Gilbert in Cleveland, he was like, nope, one and one, just so I have an out, just in case no, I want to get I, away I know, from But you. again, we, yeah. we it, players aren't against the one and one. Yeah. I understand the I'm movement I'm just wondering part, about you know players not taking the most money, mm-hmm. a la Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, like those mm-hmm. kind of guys as we watch the Warriors situation unfold the next couple of years and see what kind of contracts those guys will take, whether they value keeping a team together, you know, because of you know, what they have, the success that's, you know, come along with that, 
or do they value the individual gain of having just being the guy to get the most money on some other team? Yeah, I, it's, competitive balance is always the thing that, like, I know Adam Silver's got in the back of his head. All it times. also gives the player that freedom to, hey, well, you know what? I have a one and one, and if I don't like my situation, I can always back out and go somewhere and, else. And one thing too, at least bring this back into mm-hmm. the topic yeah. at hand, which is the Kawhi and Demar situation yeah. with you know Demar taking that cut. I'm surprised he didn't work in a no trade clause, you know, into his contract. Because yeah. if he was really committed mm-hmm. to this team, wouldn't he just want the ability to say, "All right, you're keeping me. If you're willing to give well, me this amount of money, then why wouldn't you at least give me the no no trade clause?" We don't know what the discussions were like. If right. he asked for that, obviously, but I'm just saying, I'm surprised if he was willing to take that pay cut. Why not also throw in that caveat of a no trade clause? No- and th- those are really rarely saved for guys like you know Melo when mm-hmm. he was a superstar, LeBron when he was you know a superstar. Like it really is safe for that higher upper echelon, but mm-hmm. he was getting paid like that as well, and they saw him as a guy like that. Yeah, but the no trade clause to me, I know that there are different ages and one's a lot older, but I mean, we just saw in the Carmelo Anthony saga what a no trade clause can do to where, and they're Damar and Carmelo, similar money-wise. I know Carmelo Anthony way older and way less useful for a team mm-hmm. than Damar would be, but... There's sometimes that no trade clause of like what kind of team wants to bring in that kind of money with the kind of, hey, I only well, want this list of that's, teams. That's a thing. And is you that, handicap an organization. But that's the thing is that, if, again, if, if tomorrow's only 28 years mm-hmm. old. So that's it's not really thing. thinking you have to be in looking. a a league for eight years, apparently, mm-hmm. in order to qualify well, for no maybe trade that's clause. A, that's an adjustment what, we see to the He's nine CBA years' that. experience at, right now. Yeah, yeah so, they're yeah. saying that... Uh, Would they be able to put... And, I, he was one year away from being able to lock okay. in a no-trade clause. Okay, so that's probably the, the Just came but out today. The thing yeah. I want to say... But, but that, maybe that's what an adjustment we do see yeah, in the CBA. The thing I just want to say, kind of going back to what you were kind of going with, mm-hmm. with the um, disloyalty, if they said, we're not going to trade you, the thing I have to say just to be... Honest on both sides. The same way when Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is great for the NBA, player movement, make whatever decision you want. I have to be just as open on the other side of if I'm saying and if anyone's saying like players can go wherever they want, loyalty, like you don't have to be loyal to this team. If you want to go somewhere else, go. You have to be okay on the other side of a team basically Almost doing the same Two thing street, baby. of like, hey, if we're going to trade you to get something, we are going to make that decision a la kind of Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder to go to the Warriors because mm-hmm. everyone hated that. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting again with the mm-hmm. CBA, with no trade clause, what exactly happens. Because yeah. I think that should probably be adjusted because, again, if if you are you know coming off your th- seven-year control off of your rookie deal and you know, the RFA period as well— you know, maybe then that's where you should get that no trade clause ability, or maybe even uh, probably not with the the RFA period as well, because then again, that's giving owners more pro, uh, you know, more power, kind of. Um, where again, they can dangle that to... out there to keep them here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think that might be an adjustment that it is where after you come off your second contract, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, you have the ability to pick up a no trade clause. Could be. Um, so I, I think that might be something that we do see see change because I think that's what players will probably end up doing is again mm-hmm. taking less money. To get more incentives, if they want to stay in a place, yeah. there is after the money. Take the money, whatever doesn't matter. But then also, I don't. I feel like you can't really complain if you're traded and you're like, oh, I got traded. Well, you didn't have a no trade clause, so <laughs> and, again, you really can't be in. I think Demar's a different, at least, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
topic, but it, just in a general sense, I think if you're complaining about not getting traded, well, you should try to work in a no-trade clause if you are eligible for one. And I don't know about you guys. I think tomorrow's going to be fine. Like, I look at this almost like the, I'm going to use the girlfriend breaking up with you analogy of, like, you're really down that first day. That's what we saw on his Instagram story. The sun is going to rise tomorrow. He's going to go to camp. He's going to work with the Spurs team. This year, it's going to be a little bit different, but I think he'll be fine with the Spurs, and the sun will come up yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this, both players, at least Kawhi, even mm-hmm. Kenny Green, uh, and Jakob Pertl, and DeMar DeRozan, I think they all fit with these teams. I mean, the, the Raptors and Spurs are very similar in their mindsets. You mm-hmm. know, not exactly on their play styles, but both teams love to at least focus on defense. I mean, I know DeMar and Kyle Lowry aren't the best defensively, but outside of that, they really build up the depth yeah. of their team and, and growing within um, and you look at the Spurs, that's been their motto is building within defense, team basketball. I mean, they, they have very similar mindsets and, and they, they feel like very similar, uh, you know, teams. And obviously, you know, it's a little bit different because not everything's, you know, cut in stone. Mm-hmm. And you have Greg Popovich on one side and you know, new coach and Nick Nurse on the other. So I don't think it's too much of a ju- an adjustment. It's just really my question is, how will DeMar work with? Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor because both of those guys like to work in the mid-range. This isn't a team that's really going to be able to attack from the outside. Um, but then again, I mean, this was a team that had Rudy Gay, a very similar player to DeMar DeRozan. Obviously, DeMar's younger, better, quicker, more athletic with less injuries. But, mm-hmm. again, you know, guys that like to work in that mid-range, like to, you know, dominate, use their uh, use their moves, get freed up by the elbow, um, and, and, you know, use their pull-up jumper game. I think that might be something that is probably the biggest concern is, is this team too old, or at least old in the sense of the way they score, um, you know, working on mid-range games, you know, with Paul Gasol, with LaMarcus Aldridge, with DeMar DeRozan now, and Rudy Gay, is it, are they going to be pretty and much DeJounte held back Murray. to all? And, and DeJounte Murray as well. Like they, they live in the mid-range. You're not even over-exaggerating. That's just, they have, what, two out of the three, uh, I think it was LaMarcus and DeMar took the most shots between, like, I forget if it was, like, uh, 10 and 17 feet mm-hmm. out from the rim. So, like, yeah, they, they the stats are there to back it up. They live in the mid-range. DeJounte needs to develop a jumper from the outside. He very much plays that mid-range floater. It's pretty. Like, he is smooth at it, but his shot's not from anywhere else. So I'm really curious to see how that offense flows. But the weird thing about last year with, um, I think it was Paul Gasol I was reading today. Like, was mm-hmm. there a leader in assists on the Spurs last year for, like, total assists? I mean, it, they, they they made it work, though. This is a team that was successful that went to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that was without Kawhi Leonard playing for, you know, 85% of the season. Yeah, and they lost in the playoffs because they ran into the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's be honest. Like, if there's anyone I trust to make this shit work, it is Popovich. Like, he DeMar's getting one of the top five coaches in NBA. Like, that's mm-hmm. just what it is. Pop, you know, hopefully he comes back. He started making jokes today again, which was great, but, like, I really think this offense is going to be a very much like trial by air because you still want to run it through LaMarcus Aldridge because you saw the success. You saw DeMarcus can, not DeMarcus, LaMarcus can take mm-hmm. you to the playoffs on his just own call back, DeMarcus. I mean, Kyle Lowry and DeMar- uh, DeMarcus are <laughs> one of the best bromances. Let's just make DeMarcus <laughs> the best bromance. I think yeah. the true question is is what Pop said. Is he a talking head? Would you Would you consider Pop a talking head? His joke today where he's like, oh, the talking heads. Well, uh, maybe I'm a talking head. And he kind of made a joke at himself. I liked his jokes about Manu. (laughs) What's it? He was joking about Manu, like hunting grizzly bears or something. (laughs) Voided his contract. Well, and then going to Kawhi and and Toronto, because let's get Mm -hmm. off pop making jokes. I'm glad glad that he's back. I'm glad he's making jokes. It's good to see, obviously, with what he he dealt with through the playoffs. Um, Hopefully, this is going to be a a good year for him. Hopefully, he's he's going to compete. That's the crazy thing. 
This is this. Do is, we not expect the Spurs to make the playoffs? Like we expect the Spurs well, no, to make the playoffs. But that was the thing. People successful. were like, if you're moving Kawhi, are you going to move Lamarcus? Because obviously mm-hmm. they had the discussion. If you want out, we can do that. But like this is clear. Pop wants to keep competing. Yeah. Like he's at the end of what we all expect the end of his coaching career in the next three years, and he is like ready. He's like no. I want star for star. I want to get more talent, and I want to keep going after the Warriors. Keep going after the Rockets. And I don't want to give Kawhi to the Lakers. That was also in there. And one thing, too, (laughs) is, I mean, let's look at Jakob He's young, but Mm -hmm. he's 21 years old now. But also, I mean, it's his third year, so he's he's, he's gotten playoff experience. And then also with that pick as well, you bring Mm -hmm. it up. I mean, later in those picks, we've seen those picks. We've seen those picks hit yeah. because you're getting guys that are more experienced. Mm-hmm. You have your Josh Hart's, you have well, your, your Malcolm Brogdon's, uh, you have your uh, you know good old Javon Carter's. You have your guys that have the experience mm-hmm. and will be able to contribute to an NBA team because they have that experience in college. They've been the guy before, and most likely the Spurs are going to be able to have two picks now late in there and be able to at least add to this team. Yep. Or even then, you'll have a Dejounte Murray who fell way yeah. too far in that draft and be able to pick him up and well, build him as a project. I mean, let's be honest. Like Lonnie Walker that they got this year was eighteen. That which mm-hmm. that would be a Raptor pick if it went to 18. But, I mean, even sub-20, like below 20, they're going to find a guy. Raptor pick. Well, yeah, because if it's an 18 pick this year, because yeah, the Raptor the pick. Spurs pick. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, but I'm saying, like, if the Raptor pick that they got is they an wouldn't 18 be getting pick, that it would be the Raptor pick. Yeah. Yeah. But they got your boy right here. You're not thrilled. They got your Mezzima, too. Yeah, they got Chimezzi. I mean, hey, he'll do okay he just if he's not injured. Um, but no, I, I love that Lonnie Walker pick. And again, that was just because, again, they had a down year. Yeah. And, and they were able to go out and get a guy that's going to be a nice two-guard in the NBA because he has that defensive ability and the ability to, again, drive mm-hmm. and attack. I mean, he, he, he's he he's got a decent well, shot from the outside. But I don't know what Lonnie Walker is going to be able to do offensively if it's not driving to the rim and using that explosive athleticism. And just to answer your question, the thing with this trade, like, oh, we didn't expect him to make the playoffs. I'll be honest. With Kawhi... I didn't have them in my playoffs only because my assumption was, oh, they still have Kawhi? He ain't going to play. So, I mean, yeah, I know they made the playoffs this Mm -hmm. year, but Nuggets, Lakers, they're going to get better this year. That's two teams that could knock them out. Now with DeMar DeRozan, I had to go back to my playoffs and go, all right, the Spurs are back in. Yeah, The Spurs are back in the playoffs. I I feel like there's no way the Spurs miss this Mm -hmm. year. And if if they miss... It's because of injuries. Even yeah. though we had those worries about mid-range game, are they going to be modern enough in the my, NBA? It's Greg Popovich. My only true worry, and this and is more— DeMar DeRozan's still talented. This too. is yeah. more playoff-wise compared to regular season, is I wonder if because I look at this roster and I go, who's really going to be your three-point shooting? I wonder if it's going to be when we get to the playoffs that kind of like, man, this Spurs team, old men mentality of like, we're going to go with guys who shoot in the mid-range. It's like, this is a three-point league now. Well, Look I, at the I, think, I think this isn't going to be Rockets, like the final Warriors, rosters. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, maybe maybe they do end up moving maybe. LaMarcus and not because they think they're going to be a team that's worse off, but maybe they <laughs> think, you know, we have a guy like Paul Gasol who can, you know, fit that mold in some ways and then move LaMarcus and be able to bring in a guy who can shoot from the outside. Yeah. They I don't know exactly some three point shooting. I, I don't know what the move is going to be, but I, I would I would highly doubt this Send is going to be the team they take back into to the, the Trailblazers. <laughs> for CJ. Horrible trade. It's a great trade. Why would they do, Everybody straight runs up, all around. Straight a, up. A backcourt of uh, Nurkic and uh, LaMarcus. What are your That's fa- disturbingly good. <laughs> what are your final thoughts? Or front court. Sorry. Front what are your court. final thoughts on the Toronto uh, Spurs trade? Because I got a little bit of a rant that I want to go into and end and, and, and on it. Is this the Toronto side? On both hit... sides. What are your just final thoughts well, on this trade? My final thoughts for would be 44 minutes. on the Spurs side, my thoughts would be like they're going to be a playoff team. If DeMar's really unhappy, two years he can back out of his player op. We could be, if, if DeMar really goes Kawhi level, we could be in this situation again next year, which I don't think we'll be mm-hmm. in. 
Um, but if he's really unhappy, he's only there for two years, and then he can go wherever he wants. For the Raptors, I think it's interesting. Like, are they like I'm on the mindset of first off, will Kawhi play there? Second off, how far will Kawhi bring them if he plays all year? I am still in the mindset that this is not like. Yes, this could be a let's see where we are by the trade deadline. I would not rule out a, you know, this Raptor front office going, all right, we got Kawhi. We're getting we're we're gonna start a bidding war between the LA teams to try to get the best offer because Kawhi's gonna walk anyways. Let's build this future with draft picks and young talent that they can get from the Raptors. Or not the Raptors, the Lakers. Final thoughts. Bold words. Uh I think that this is potentially a win win trade. I think that Pop gets to keep order in his house and gets to go back to doing what he likes to do, which is winning games. And not talking to the media. Will Demar um, put his soul in the box, though? That's the I, question. I think Demar will love it. I, I think that he will love having a, a solid head coach, a stable head coach who's been there, you know, for twenty plus years. Like it's just he's going to go to a team that's going to want him to play. Mm-hmm. He's not. He might not be the centerpiece. That's TBD. Like we'll see the yeah. Marcus Aldridge Demar. Hopefully, there's not a two alphas thing. I sort of wish there is, just for funsies. <laughs> but like, I think this is going to be a solid team. I'm excited to see how they compete and how that offense works. On the other side, like the Kawhi deal, I think it's great. It's a one-year. Let's see how it works out. We can get lucky Paul George style, and he'll stay. We get unlucky, and he leaves. And guess what? We've got cap space, and we've got one-year contracts we can move. We can our, our The best asset of the Raptors last year was that they were so deep because of their youth. They've done a great, draw, great job drafting and developing players, picking them up in uh, free agency. Like That is their thing. It's br- building up that depth, and that's... They'll always have that. Mm-hmm. And and real quick, who said you have to put your soul in the box for San That's Antonio? That's uh, Game of Zones. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. But is that a reference it's, to Steven Jackson? No, it's a it's a reference to Game of Zones. It could be Steven Jackson. Well, I, I remember you just kept bringing up. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I got it they from brought, Game of Zones because they're the White Walkers. I, I was yeah. just going to bring up. You put your soul in the box. Steven Jackson. <laughs> Let's get rid of that whole narrative because soul he box. didn't fit in San Antonio because he is a massive character. No, and, I got and, it. And he's one of the biggest characters we've had. The Game the of Zones reference years. could be Steven Jackson. I got he's, it from Game of Zones. He's got a massive ego. That's why it didn't work in San Antonio. Game of Zones is going to be lit, by the way, boys. I can't wait. Can you not oh, like? I can't oh, wait to ignore the way, it on Facebook. The thing I did not mention, and I'm sorry, Jake, for this, the true loser of this trade, the 76ers. Why? Because the Raptors, like, the Raptors, to me, if Kawhi plays, get better. So, to me, Celtics and Raptors for the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. 76ers get pushed out. And why were they going after Maury? That's a question for a different day. Because he's the probably, the best, yeah. probably the best basketball player. He was not going to leave right the Rockets, but yeah. that's besides no, the yeah. but, but fences. Yeah, I mean, why not? If he's willing to come over, then why not? I mean, it's it's a it, it's really they, there's, they there's no the way top, you lose. Unfinished business. You start at the top, there's, and you work your way down. There's no way you lose. Still has, he's still unemployed. He's still banned by Adam Silver. Yeah, there's no way you lose if. You know, Maury comes. I mean, the fact that he declined, oh, well, not a big deal. Um, and also the 76ers, if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals this year, they are still one of the youngest teams in the NBA, and they're still growing and developing. So yep. I, don't, I don't think it's a massive loss. You didn't get rid of your three best assets, and I think that was a smart move for a guy that wasn't yeah. for sure certain coming back. You're not going to give up Ben for Kawhi Leonard for one year. You're not going to give up Joe for one year. You're not going to give up Fultz because Fultz might be something special. We haven't seen him yet. Be. I think I think there's a, there's a better shot in taking the 
younger and cheaper player mm-hmm. who will be there for you know three more years than you know riding out Kawhi Leonard. Because why, Sean? To get, it's a business. Well, and then also to get bounced. But you know, if you make it to the finals, you're probably going to get bounced by the Warriors anyways. And then he might just leave, and you gave up your young star or a potential young star yep. in Markel Fultz. Um, I'm excited for this rant to see if we're going to piss anyone really a, off. No, it's it's not really a rant. We I'm know not, what happens every with Kawhi segment ranting. is Sean I, rant. I, I gave I I've I've gotten my I said last week. All I right. can't wait until Kawhi's drama is over. And it's over. And now hopefully no. it's over. Because now he's not going to report for the... Yeah. And, and, if he and does, he's going to get traded from the and Raptors. If, and if he doesn't do that, then I will you know, go all mm-hmm. in on it then. But right now, he is a Raptor. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what Uncle Dennis has to say. Let's see you know, Let's see how he you know, passes through his uh, medicals and everything. Let's just give it time. My he's heart still- rate... My heart rate needs the time. I need the time to rest. Hey, Kawhi, it's done. It's finished for right Kawhi's now. Kawhi still playing on uh, the USA team for Pop. I don't well, know. Like, I don't know. It's, question, it's questionable now. They they said it's que- they, they said it's it's possible that he does. Oh, okay. Demar if, if, Pop and Kawhi on that US yeah, team. So it, it's going to be interesting to see I like if it. that comes <laughs> Sorry, comes Sean, to fruition. Ahead, but uh, I kind of want to talk about the drastic uh, drastic opposites that did at least. Uh, go in this trade, at least okay. that we saw in this trade. We saw DeMar DeRozan, the guy that was loyal to his team, the mm-hmm. guy that wanted to be there, took less money, and stayed with Toronto, and the guy in Kawhi Leonard who is now you know a part of that modern NBA who wants to be it, you know, wants to be a player's league, wants that movement, wants that freedom, pushed his way out of his contract, pushed his way out of his team to get out of that place, out of a toxic environment, and he was able to do that. So we saw the two drastic opposites in that. But then also, let's just look at the way they play. DeMar is a guy that heavily lives in that mid-range. He's a guy that's kind of a weak defender, isn't going to be able to be you know switched on defenses. He's a guy that's going to rely on that mid-range game, and he was forced out of it by the Raptors this year to force more threes, and he was pretty damn good at it, but he's a guy that is very old school in that mm-hmm. way. He's a guy that was loyal, wanted to be in his team, stayed there for so long, and then was, you know, upended by his own he president. He was benched in the playoffs, of. right? Um, DeMar? Yeah, I think so. He, again, Dave brought it up. He got benched and mm-hmm. objected in the next game. Yep. Um, but then also Kawhi, he's a guy that is the exact, you know, prototype for a modern NBA player. Long, defensive guy. You know, switchability. He's a guy that can grab boards, create for himself. He can dish out assists. He's going to be scoring. He's the guy that you want to build a, a player around. He's long, athletic. He's everything that you want in an NBA player. Um, but then with DeMar, again, just to back up that whole mid-range thing, mm-hmm. nine players over the last three seasons have averaged 24-plus points. Steph, Harden, Dame, KD, Russ, Boogie, LeBron, DeMar, and AD. DeMar is the second lowest, took the second lowest amount of three-point attempts throughout those three seasons um, and had the worst three-point percentage. AD had the least amount, and again, DeMar had the worst three-point percentage there. Eight players from 2016 to 2018 have combined for a usage of 31-plus Russ, Harden, LeBron, Steph, IT, DeMar, and Boogie. Second lowest amount of assists per game for DeMar DeRozan. Boogie was just 0.1% behind him. Boogie, who is a center, was 0.1% behind Mm -hmm. him. And IT was the closest next there at 5.8. So again, DeMar is a guy that is going to create for himself in the mid-range. He's not going to do a lot. He is in the old NBA of he's a pure scorer at that two. So then we look at Kawhi, a guy that can do so much for your team. He can, you know, grab boards, score for you. He can be a leader. He can play defense. He's a guy that I think the Raptors are trying to push DeMar into that mold because let's look at the way they were built. DeRozan, 6'7". Kawhi, 6'7". DeRozan a little bit smaller, I think by 11 pounds or something like that. Kawhi obviously has a longer wingspan at 3'7 compared to uh, 6'9". But according to Zach Lowe, this is the new DeMar uh, according to Zeklo, after a mid-December practice, Raptors president Masayuri uh, called DeMar into his office, and this is where 
five of the highest ranking officials for uh, the Raptors told DeMar that he could be Toronto's Kobe, but he needed to shoot more threes. And I looked at the game logs to see where there was a spike in threes, and I found it. December 17th, he took, I think, four threes. Um, DeRozan, from December 1st to December 17th, there were seven games, or, sorry, eight games played. From December 1st to December 17th, eight games played. DeRozan shot 12 threes, which is one and a half threes per game, on .083% shooting. Raptors were 20-8 and eight at that point, which is about good for a 71% win percentage. After that meeting, from 12-20 to the end of the regular season, the Raptors went 39-71, again, around the same winning percentage that comes out to. There was no real change in wins, but DeMar became more dangerous because he became more versatile. He had his best true shooting percentage this year. He was most efficient from three this year. He took the most amount of threes this year in his season, but pre-meeting, he was averaging 23.9 points per game, was taking 2.4 three-point attempts uh, per game, was shooting 25% from three, 48.4% from the field, 80.4% from the line, 50 or five assists per game, and 2.4 turnovers per game. Post-meeting, 22.5% uh, 22, 22.5 points per game, which a little bit of a dip for him. Uh, but he shot now about two more threes per game, up to 4.2 three-point attempts. He increased his three-point percentage to 33.2%, which was a jump from 25 to 33%. Uh, from the field, went down a little bit, 44.2%. But then again, he was taking more threes, was mm-hmm. a little bit worse at him. That's why we saw that fall from him. But he got to the line a little bit more often and was more efficient, 83.9%. We also saw his assists go up and his turnovers go down. So he was a guy that was more in that modern NBA. He was going to be able to shoot from the outside, be dangerous, attack, get fouled, get to the rim, still score over 20 points per game, dish out to his teammates, and still be a guy that is a positive on offense and still have more of a modern feel. But pre-meeting, he had 57% usage, or sorry, 57% true shooting. Post-meeting, 53.7% true shooting. He had a lesser usage after that uh, meeting as well. Post-meeting, Demar at a 28.9% usage, 22.5% per game, uh, you know, uh, 5.3 assists, 2.1 turnovers, shot 33% from three, uh, 44% for the field. Let's look at Kawhi in 2016-2017 when he was healthy, a 31.1% usage compared to post-meeting DeMar, where they kind of wanted to mold him into that Kawhi. A little bit uh, less of a usage, uh, sorry, a little bit more of a usage for Kawhi, but he averaged 25.5 points per game, 5.2 attempts compared to DeMar's 4.2, shot better from three, not shockingly, uh, 38% compared to 33%. Uh, From the field, he was better, 48 to 44%, but again, he had a higher three-point percentage. Um, DeMar did dish out more assists, 5.3 assists to 3.5 assists, uh, and their turnovers were exactly the same. Uh, So the biggest thing that I just saw was that it seemed like the Raptors were trying to turn DeMar into uh, a somewhat Kawhi Leonard mold where he was going to be shooting threes. He was going to be able to drive in. He was going to get fouled. He was going to be efficient for three because DeMar has always had that knack of not being a great shooter or an efficient shooter, but he showed that he could be fairly decent in the first year of taking a lot of threes. Yeah. So I think that might not be a negative towards the Spurs. And also the Raptors get the guy that they kind of wanted in, ter- in Kawhi Leonard uh, in this upgrade. They also get a better defender as well. So that's why I think in the end, this is a win-win because the Spurs got rid of this guy that was you know just clogging up the headlines of bashing the Spurs motto. They get a guy in DeMar DeRozan who's consistently loyal, a guy that showed he has the ability to be a modern player in the NBA. Um, we saw, obviously, when LaMarcus came over, Pop wanted to change him. Uh, we'll see if he wants you know, to, he wants to change DeMar um, in that aspect as well, or if DeMar will be uh, post-meeting DeMar. But DeMar DeRozan has the ability to you know, at least mix that old and new NBA, um, and I think it's a fantastic gift for the Spurs, which is not shocking because they've made so many great personnel moves throughout the years. And Toronto... 
For me, it's NBA finals or bust for them because I think Kawhi is gone no matter what after this season. So uh, those are my thoughts on the trade. Uh, Probably went a little bit too long on that, but let us know your thoughts on the Toronto Raptors and San Antonio Spurs trade down in the comments below. We appreciate your support. We appreciate the ratings on iTunes that you give us. We appreciate you checking out patreon.com slash mostvailablepodcast. We also appreciate you checking out mostvailablepodcast.com. Any final thoughts now? I'll, I'll, I'll give it out to, to you guys. Uh, my final Ricky, thought, caught him off guard. I am going to say <laughs> it yet again, is don't be surprised if Kawhi is traded again this season. You guys got a fun show coming up on a Friday, too. You got yep. our boy Z on mm-hmm. there. You get talking bulls again, too? Yeah, I, yeah, I want to talk bulls. Yeah. Ready for that? Sorry, Dave. Dave. So ready. Yeah, Let's I want to talk, talk about the so Bulls ready. and if they'll make the playoffs. The comments basically uh, sparked me into a. Please segment. help me, Chicago fans. True Chicago fans out there. We're going to have a fun argument. If you want to see 95% of the comments calling Ricky an idiot, go check out the Smart Parker. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you can trust video. love too, right? Like, uh, uh, it doesn't hey man, just have to be all hate. Love yeah. me or hate me. It don't matter. I am an emotional guy. I love having the emotional conversation with the fans. We, we love when you guys comment. Fans? We tell, we, we tell do. You, Regardless, we fans. read everything. We, we tell you to comment. <laughs> I think that's one thing that people don't realize. Oh, I read we, every we comment. We do see everything. We they come them. to my email, yeah. and I check them every morning. They it's get, like it's a routine. They yeah. get sent to my email. I check about every yeah. two hours. Uh, yeah. It's an unhealthy addiction. <laughs> uh, but anyways, for Ricky Wimmer, for Dave Oster, we still got another episode and another podcast coming out to you this week. So definitely check back after that. But for Ricky, Dave, I'm Sean. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.